The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back to the Source of Truth podcast. And then it's Tuesday morning as uh, we are back to live as the last two weeks, or more, three weeks have all been pre-recorded weeks ahead. And uh, so I am back in the office today, and it's nice to be back. I love vacation, absolutely enjoy vacation. Uh, but one of the things I love about vacation is it revitalizes you to get back to work and get back to uh, your life, your purpose, and what God has called you to. And I am grateful to be back here and to be able to teach the Word of God. And we finished Ephesians Friday. We didn't have one yet, a devotional yesterday. And uh, so I was asked, I've been praying about thinking about what to do next. I mean, there's 66 books of the Bible, so we could go just about anywhere. Uh, but I was asked by somebody, we got shortly into the book of Ephesians, if I would consider uh, doing the same verse-by-verse study through the book of Colossians. And I, the more I think about it, I thought it's a great opportunity. So we're going to spend the next few weeks looking through the book of Colossians. So what I want to do today is I want to take a little bit of introduction as to what the church of Colossians is, where did it come from, and what was kind of one of the premises of, or the premise of why Paul was writing this letter. So let's read the first four verses of Colossians chapter 1, and then we'll take a few minutes and give you some introductory thoughts, and then I think a very powerful principle as we close today. Colossians 1, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the and of the love which ye have to all the saints. Now a lot of times what many theologians do, and it's legitimate that they state phrases like this are uh, just introductory niceties, if you want to use that term. Uh, it helps us to know who wrote it. They usually, instead of like we do today, we put a letter, we you know sign at the end of the letter. And in this day, they would start off so people know who the letter was written by. Please remember, a letter was not necessarily penned by Paul, probably penned by some, it was penned by someone else. Um, it would have just been spoken by Paul, put in physical form, and then delivered by other people, hand, hand, you know, handwritten and delivered to the different churches. And then from there, copied, hand by hand, copied to the different churches. Uh, by different churches to be handed out to different people. And when you hear about trans, when you hear about the um, different translations today, and you go back and hear about the different manuscripts that people pull from. Where are the manuscripts? That's where they come from. They come from these originals that were given out by the apostles and then um, copied by hand by other people. And that's where you get all of these manuscripts that we talk about. And uh, in a battle you run into is, you know, when two people are copying, there's a chance of human error, all those things. Please remember this, the one thing we remember. Yes, God inspired what Paul spoke and wrote. But God also promised that he would preserve his word, which means even through the process and all the chances of human error, uh, God still preserved his inspired word for us. We can know that the Bible that we have in front of us today is accurate, it is inspired, it's preserved, and we can put our trust in it. So that's, that's an interesting, just as kind of a side note, side note as we start. So the interesting thing about the book of Colossians is most of the Pauline epistles you're going to see were written to churches either like, for instance, Timothy and Titus written to these pastors of different churches. Um, Ephesians, Philippians, written to 
Church of Colossae was written to the uh, Colossians was written to the book of Col uh, Church of Colossae, but most of them are written to like Ephesians and Philippians were written to churches started on his missionary journeys as you studied through the book of Acts. Um, in this situation, that's actually not the case. Paul didn't start the book of uh, the Church of Colossae, and so what's happening is Paul's heard about this church. And so he's heard, heard also about this wrong doctrine uh, that is working its way into the church. The doctrine is known as Gnosticism. Actually, the word comes from two ideas, uh, to know and then agnosticism, and then really to know nothing. Uh, the premise, there's a lot behind it, but the premise is that you can come to a plate of complete knowledge of God and things of that nature, sinlessness and all, sinlessness and all these different things. And, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of round in from the legalism they found in the, by the Jewish brothers. And uh, it, it, none of it's accurate. And, uh, but it, it, what it does is it adds to the sim simplicity of the gospel. It adds to the simplicity of the truth of the word of God. And adds on at works. It adds on at different things and knowledge you should have. And it, it just places more obligation. And with this expectation of this amazing knowledge you can gain, uh, it adds all these other things to it. And, and we see that somewhat today as well, adding works to be saved or adding works to be a good Christian, things of that nature. And when you look at these things, a lot of times, sometimes they're very biblical. Sometimes they're, they're just preference and tradition by humans. And so, well, that's what we see here. Now, here, how did he hear about it? It's actually in verse 4. You see in verse 4, Paul says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. Paul's writing to a church that he's only heard of the testimony of the church. He doesn't know them. He has just heard of this amazing testimony. So here comes the question. If Paul didn't start the church, who did? Well, he was probably, um, there is, I can't remember the name, two names. One of them is and There's a couple men who were led to the Lord by uh, Paul in his missionary journeys, who started the churches, and they went out to Colossae, and they were telling friends and people about Christ, and they started the church. So literally, you have Paul plants a church, or starts, leads people to the Lord, starts a church. They go out and share their, gospel, their, their faith to other people, and in that, they get to a place where they need to start, and they plant a church. So this is a church that Paul planted that went out and planted another church. It's actually the way, biblically, it should be. It's the way that God would intend it to be, that, you know, someone plants this church, and then this church builds strong enough, and then sends someone out to plant another church. Uh, we do that somewhat. We, we have several what we call church planners in our missions group, uh, our missions fund we pay. We have someone in Mayfair, Philly. Uh, is planning as they've planted and they're growing this church. We have one in New York City. Um, we have a couple that we that we we have one that works with Northeast um, Northeast Vision Northeast Summit that works to help encourage others. And we strive to put money into planners all over the world, but also here in America. We do that on purpose. We do that because we can't necessarily get to all the places, but we can support others. That's how we do it practically. But here's a simple principle that I, I hope we'll take with us as well as we evaluate this. I love this principle. A lot of times when we come to the Word of God, especially when we look at all that. Apostle Paul did and Peter and these great men of the faith that we call today that did great things for God. Uh, we look and say they're great men. There's no way we could ever be like that. And I hope one thing we'd recognize is these weren't superior men better than others. They were just men willing to be used of God. It's really what it was. In their strengths and their weaknesses, they're willing to be used of God. Yet they were disciplined. They were dedicated. Uh, they were zealous. They were willing to step out and do what it is that God asked them to do. All of that is very true. But when it simply comes down to it, they were not superhuman. They were just 
average ordinary Christians who just said, God, what do you want me to do? And then when God opened the door, they stepped out and did it. In many occasions, enduring some great affliction because of it. So we, we see that but they did it. They were great men. But this church wasn't even started by them. It was a result of other people. And the simple principle is that no matter who we, who we think we are or how good we think we are or how good we think we're not, whatever term we want to look at, we can be used of God to do things. It doesn't have to, it's not just the preachers, it's not just the missionaries, it's not just the evangelists, it's not just people who hold titles or have training. God can use anybody who is willing to be used. God can use you if you say, God, I, you know, I, I've only been saved for a short period of time or I have minimal knowledge or whatever you know, excuse sometimes we put out. If we're just willing to give God whatever we have, God can use it amazingly. And God wants to use it amazingly. And so we see in this picture a church that has flourished, and it's flourished to such the point where they have a great faith and they love others and they're doing a great job at influencing others to the point where he gets to Paul's ear about this amazing thing. Paul's in prison at the moment. He's writing this in prison to a church of people he's never met but wants to encourage. They know Paul, but he doesn't know them. And he is so encouraged and so excited about a church that is growing in God's glory that he says, I just got to write. And he's writing because there's these doctrinal problems in there. So what we're going to look at as we start digging through into this book of Colossians is we're going to see they don't spend as much time shredding another doctrine. He's not going to spend the book of Colossians telling them why Gnosticism is wrong. He's not like really going to do that. What he's going to do is he's just going to give truth. So he's going to go through and teach these doctrinal truths that obviously refute Gnosticism. And as he gives these doctrinal truths, it allows people to realize, I don't need to know what's wrong with someone else's belief. I just need to know what the Bible says. And if I know what the Bible says, then I can move forward. So we're not really, you know, it's good to, uh, in apologetics, it's good to have a basic understanding of what other people believe. But the greatest thing you can do in your Christian journey and chance to witness other people is not necessarily always knowing what other people believe. Know what the Bible says. Know the truth. And you'll be able to recognize the differences just by knowing the truth. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Tuesday morning, giving me a chance to be part of your day. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, whether you're watching this live or watching this or listening to this at a different time, I just greatly appreciate the one to be part of your day and a part of your life. I hope it's an encouragement, and I hope you keep with us as we dive into the book of Colossians. And I really hope over the next few weeks that we can be an encouragement, not only to understand this book better, but to give us a deeper understanding of some of the great doctrines of the truth of Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.